Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Oh boy, it's been another crazy week. This is like the first full week of 2023. We should have said last week that it was the New Year's episode. We didn't say anything because, well, we forgot. You think they didn't know? Well, I don't know. I guess depending on when you listen to the episode, you may not realize if you're not looking at the date on it, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, last week was January 2nd. This week is uh, January. Well, no, I'm sorry. Wait, today's the 10th, isn't it? Today is the 11th, Oh, the 11th. Actually. Okay, that's why I'm screwed up. So it was the 4th last week, and it's the 11th. So I knew there was something fishy about this. Right. And I was worried that you were saying our entire audience is dependent on us to tell them when the new year is. Well, our entire audience doesn't consist of a whole lot of people, so maybe... There's, you know, some dependency there, because if they're listening to this podcast, that says something about them right there, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Um, especially if they're, they're brilliant. That's what it says. Yeah, especially if they're a regular listener. So I want to call this the no one is safe episode, because there's going to be a lot of, you know, underlying no one is safe themes in this thing. No um, one is safe. And uh, I've made a couple predictions this week when I've seen news stories. Uh, first, The first prediction was uh, when the six-year-old shot his teacher and the news people were saying, but we don't know where he got the gun. And I was like, well, we may not know where he got the gun, but we have a pretty good idea where he got the gun. Of course. From his parents, of course, right? Yeah, that would be the obvious. I mean, that's the prediction I made, although I was a little bit wrong because I thought father, and now we still don't know exactly, like, who he took the gun from or where, you know, like if it was just stored in his home and he snuck it out or, or if his mom handed it to him, but it was actually his mother who bought the gun. For the kid. No, no, just bought the gun. (laughs) But since he's a six-year-old, the mother may or the parents may very well be charged for not uh, stowing the gun properly because in that state, I think it's Virginia. Yeah, it's Newport News where that one happened. Um, Yeah, that's close to where I used to live. Yeah, well, Newport News is a military town. Nothing surprised me there. So many, I I don't want to diss the military, but there's so many gun-happy people associate with the military and they're all like you need to learn how to shoot a gun i that was one of my predictions was that not only did the kid get the gun from his father and or his parents but that his father taught him how to shoot it at the age of six honestly it happens i know it happens i've seen youtube videos of someone showing their kid their young child and you know grade school age child how to shoot a gun um which i think is crazy oh absolutely Absolutely. The story that uh, I told you about the 12 gauge, I think I told you the only one of the only guns I've ever shot in my life. But I remember it like yesterday because we were just shooting a cork board. Mm -hmm. But but somebody, whoever hit it, like just blew the whole center out of this cork board. And but the gun hurt like when it fired back at you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But recoil. That memory, which, you know, I I remember distinctly, um, happened when I lived at the first house I lived in in Wheeling, and we moved away from there. I went to third grade in the, in the new school, so I had to be second grade or less when I shot a 12-gauge. Yeah. I was taught, you know, how to shoot or whatever. And even younger than that, I think they taught me how to shoot a BB gun when I was five years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's common in this country. It's not even uncommon. It's not like just a few psychos are teaching their kids how to shoot. My neighbor was teaching his grandkid how to shoot a twenty-two, and I asked him, you know, because he was just telling me about it. It was like I was over there just shooting the bull with him. He's like, yeah, I just taught my grandkid. I was like, how old is he? And he's, I don't know, the kid was like, 10 or something i'm like don't you think it's a little young to be shooting a gun he goes oh you can't start them too young and i just feel like when if someone has no adult judgment you know and not even close it's not like there's any 
question, you know, if they have adult judgment. They're not even anywhere near having adult judgment. I mean, most adults don't have good adult judgment, much less a six-year-old child. They're teaching them, you know, how to handle a firearm, and it's like, this is just not a good idea, in my opinion. But you're right, it's common. It's really common. The fact is, maybe I was even handed a gun when I was 10. I don't know. I know I was given my first gun, you know, my first twenty two rifle when I was 14. That much I do know, because it was given to me on my birthday. But I mean, I never thought about that till now. I I would never (laughs) do that to my child, right? Yeah, yeah, we'd hope not. And and I, this all, I don't know, this whole thing. We'll get into that later. I but but I I was also thinking though, like the world has changed. You know, like that's not just a like, well, the world has changed, but it really has because at least here in the United States, because of. population growth right there's a lot less woods yeah right? it's true you know what i mean so like in in the old days you had a house but you also had like acres of woods behind your house and who knows what's coming out of the fucking woods you know or stuff like that like there was it was less chance you were going to shoot somebody because people were further away well that's true <laughs> i yeah there was there was definitely less interaction with people i mean when i think about learning to drive uh, at a young age, and some of the things I did when I was a 16-year-old driver in terms of going out on the highway and, you know, driving like a maniac, um, you just didn't encounter other traffic. It just wasn't, you know, traffic wasn't a big deal, um, especially not where I grew up. But having said that, so there's there's this other prediction I made in the news because I saw this story about uh, Anna Walsh. She's a 39-year-old woman, and I, I thought it was funny. They said that she had an Eastern European accent. I guess this is important. Because she was missing. She was declared missing. When I saw the story, they said this uh, Massachusetts woman who worked in D.C. has gone missing, right? She's been reported missing. And everybody's like, oh, okay, well, if you don't have any information, I'm like, her husband killed her. <laughs> this is like the first thing I thought was her husband yep. killed her. That's that's exactly when Dateline comes on. That's the first thing we always say. To yeah, them. yeah. Like the boyfriend did it or the husband. Or- well, in this case, I mean, it didn't even take long for it to become painfully obvious it was true. I mean, I know it's sort of like the most you know obvious prediction, but still it was like like it wasn't long. And we find out that, that the husband's story was that she had, she had called for a, uh, a ride share to pick her up from home, to take her to the airport, to take an early flight to work because something had come up at work. Uh, she actually, you know, she had a plane ticket for the 3rd of January, but she was on the 1st of January, late in the 1st of January, she had taken a ride share to the airport to take an early flight to get to work. And and then when she was reported missing, it was by her work on the 3rd of January. She didn't show up and the husband hadn't figured this out yet that she hadn't gone to work. But anyway, so, I mean, all that was a little suspicious because right away they said that they had researched the rideshare and found out there was no rideshare that went to her home that day. And I'm like, yeah, she never left home. And uh, and then it went on, like, you know, as the story unfolded, it's like, oh, and her phone was pinged at her home, like, this day after she was supposedly left. And, and, uh, and, and then eventually they got a warrant to search the house and found, you know, blood and a knife. And I just saw in the article, I just looked up just to get the, her name for, for this discussion. I saw that they had just discovered like a hacksaw and more blood at her home. So anyway, or in a trash Holy can, cow. I guess. But anyway, her husband's clearly guilty. And, and I'm thinking, this is funny because I'm thinking to myself, okay, so if you're a husband out there and you're thinking of killing your wife, okay, first of all, don't do it because... If you're going to get away with murder, it has to be a random thing. Ask any serial killer, you know, like the Green River Killer or, or uh, you know, the, the what was he called? Um, the Gainesville Slasher or any of those really prolific, the BTK Killer. Ask any of those guys and they'll tell you. The way you get away with killing people is you kill random people, right? You don't, you don't make it obvious who, you know, who might have a motive to kill them. Because if they don't know who to look for, unless you leave them some really good DNA sample, and even if you leave them a good DNA sample, that doesn't always lead them straight to you, unless they've got some you know lineage on on twenty one and me or whatever the hell that thing is, where you know they they've got somebody who's a close <laughs> match for you. Yeah, because yeah. because you can do that. You can say that your you know your your uh, DNA is available for for research or whatever, and they can look at it and go, oh yeah, this this person is this is the killer's father. Oh, so they're making snitches out of people through 
23andMe. Yeah, like, they can, yeah. If if I participate in this genealogy data crap or whatever, then all my relatives can be jailed. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. They could wow. they could determine that, that like if your son were to do something, they could determine based mm. on your DNA that, that he was your son. They'd be like, Oh yeah, this is clearly, you know, a son of this person and so so then they'd go looking through all of your children and they'd find, you know, the one that did it. Um but anyway, long story short, they if you don't leave them some really solid evidence to point at you, is what I'm getting at, they don't even know who to look for, right? Like if you don't leave your vehicle parked out in front of the house and someone reports the license plate or something that ties you to the crime. But if you're related to the person, if you have got a vendetta, if you've got you know any knowledge of the person, you're on the list of suspects. You know, if you're the brother, the mother, the the husband, the boyfriend, the you know mistress whoever, you know, and this person dies, right. you're going to be investigated. So you better make sure you do a really good fucking job of having an alibi and all this stuff. And obviously, these guys aren't thinking this through. If he had her phone in his possession after she was supposedly gone, he's a fucking idiot because <laughs> these phones check in with the tower, right? Yeah. You don't even have to have the location data turned on. The phone checks in with a tower, which only gets you within about five miles. But if you said she left for Washington, D.C. two days ago and it's still in your home, then something, either she didn't take her phone with her or something's amiss, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody ever plans for all these th- things. Well, I mean, yeah, you should. If you bothered to, you probably wouldn't do it. I'm I just <laughs> I know? just want life is hard podcast listeners to be better criminals. That's all. I want you guys to be the smart um, ones. Jeez, that's all I'm saying. The smart thing to do would be well, I guess it depends on what the crime is. I was going to say not be a criminal, but So you were talking I don't advise killing people. You were talking about uh, today's world being a different place and It's interesting because I was having flashbacks of a movie that I saw a long time ago. And I actually watched it again more recently because it's one of those movies. It's called Easy Rider. And uh, the first time I watched it, I don't think I ever watched it to the end. And then the second time I watched it, I did. And the end was incredibly unsettling because the whole story is about a couple of guys who do some drug running to make some money. Then they buy a couple of really nice motorcycles and they want to ride. They're from Los Angeles and they just decide to ride east across the country to see, to see the United States. And this movie's made in 1975. So it's pretty, pretty old, but, um, on their way across the United States, they're basically a couple of pot smoking hippies with long hair. And they're going, you know, first they want to go to, well, they go a couple of places before they get to Mardi Gras. But one of their first destinations was Mardi Gras. They get to Mardi Gras. Anyway, they get into the South. They get into the Deep South. And they're, you know, just on motorcycles, having a good time and looking like a couple of freaking, you know, to the to these to these small minded Southerners, they look like a couple of freedom loving hippies. Which they are, you know. Right. They dress the part. And and but the thing is the story's very innocent, right? I mean, sure, they interact with women, they pick people up and give them rides. They they're just these guys are about as harmless as you can get right there there's they they run into people who threaten them they run into people who give them shit but they never get aggressive with anybody they're always like hey man we're cool you know we're out of here whatever and they're always just smoking weed they're always just basically just you know just cruising across the country you know they're riding easy yeah and you're thinking you know this movie's just kind of boring uh, in a way, I mean, it's, <laughs> exactly. It, yeah. They're having an interesting life, but there's not a lot. I mean, they get arrested and all the normal stuff that happens when you're, you know, a freedom loving hippie and the cops don't like you. But they always go on their way, and they meet this guy who's played by Jack Nicholson, um, guy by the name of George, who we never really learned too much about, but he's another kind of an interesting character. And uh, at some point, they get attacked by a bunch of guys with baseball bats, and the and the George character actually gets beaten to death, uh, which is kind of sad. But they go on, you know, they they just kind of move on. They're just sad. They didn't know George very well, so I'm like they're really heartbroken. But um, but they go on with their little trip, and that doesn't really rattle them that much. And then the way the movie ends is completely unexpected. And totally just makes, well, for me personally, it just like turned my stomach. I mean, that movie, I remember after seeing it, just 
a couple of days after seeing it, I was still having like flashbacks to the movie because they're riding along and this, these couple guys in a pickup truck are coming the other way. No, they're coming. I'm sorry. They're going the same direction, but they're passing them. And, uh, the guy, you know, some redneck asshole, Southern, you know, uh, caricature reaches, grabs a shotgun from behind the driver's seat, you know, and, and in the pickup and, and says, I'm going to scare these guys. And anyway, points the gun at one of them and pulls the trigger that or the truck hits a bump or something gun goes off. But anyway, he kills one of them. And the other one stops and, and is trying to, you know, render first aid and, and uh, realizes there's nothing he can do. He gets on his bike to go get help. And as he's riding away, the pickup turns around and is coming back and kills the second one. And it's so unexpected. Like, and it's so violent, too. Like, it's just, I mean, you, you know, the blood flies and the guy flies off the motorcycle and the motorcycle goes and it just explodes. And it's just like, this is the end of this, you know, just kind of harmless ride across the United States, seeing the world, right? And you just go, what the fuck just happened? And you know, <laughs> and you know that nobody is going to prosecute these guys, right? Nobody saw it happen. These guys are just a couple of toothless fucking bastards. And, and the hippies that got killed are nameless, faceless people who happen to be in the wrong place. You know, nobody, nobody likes them, right? Um, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, is this where we came from or is this where we're going? It's, you know, it's kind of my, you know, it just, it just scares me because I'm like, if you look at how, you know, we're getting polarized again, you know, at one time you'd think, oh yeah, this, this is just a bunch of backwoods people who, you know, that would never happen today. Right. And, and it would be harder to happen today because, you know, like you said, there's more people, more likely someone's going to see it. Pretty good chance someone's going to, you know, take a picture of your license plate. Right. Yeah, or record the whole thing on the cell phone. Yeah, but if you're in the deep south, and I'm not picking the deep south, it could be anywhere, anywhere where you've got you know sort of a polarization of people, and you look like the other side, right? You look like them. Um, shit like that could happen. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, up until maybe this year or last year, I would never think that kind of thing would be a really likely thing to have happen. But now I'm starting to think we could be heading down that road. You know. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a crazy movie. I don't know why. I just thought of it when I was reading some of these violent stories, having the fucking news where someone just decides to shoot somebody because they don't like how they look. Yeah. I still don't know why that six-year-old shot his teacher. And I always think it's funny when they're looking for motives. I'm like, what difference does it make what his motive is? It was wrong. Like <laughs> <laughs> the motive, the motive was I want chocolate milk. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the teacher did something to piss him off because he brought her gun to school and shot her. They don't, you know, know for sure if it's premeditated, but it's stupid. Um, so we were talking or something. The, the, one of the things we were promising to talk about this week, we didn't, I don't think we saying on last year's podcast, but or last weeks, La- yeah, last year's almost last year's, um, was the, was that poverty is the number one killer now. So that requires a lot of explanation. You said, what's the number two killer, right? And now I've decided I think it's stupidity, but, um, yeah, but, I was, I was wondering. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say it's it's more complicated than that because when they say poverty is the number one killer, what they really mean when you see the breakdown. So the UN actually said this. They said poverty is the number one killer. That's where I got this from. But when you break it down, what it really means is that the top five actual number, well, the top five killers. I'm gonna say top five number one, but they're not all number one. The top five killers, as of the story that I read, like from 2011, I think, are all significantly contributed to by poverty, right? So so let's just take a great example might be dying of, of you know, heat stroke in, in hot weather, right? Just use that as a right. stupid example, right? If you're poor, you're more likely to be living in a trailer with no air conditioning than you are if you have money. Correct. You know? Uh, the other one might be just dying because you can't treat your diabetes, dying of complications from diabetes. If you have poor access to health care, it's probably because you don't have money. Uh, insufficient or in uh, low-quality food, you know, uh, starving to death, being uh, undernourished because you don't have money. Poor water supply, uh, you know, maybe inadequate water, bad water, um, 
insufficient water, you don't have money. So all these things, you know, living... Oh, another great one is in the, in the United States anyway. In other countries, access to water and things like that are really common problems. Here, it's not so much. But here we do have the problem of living in an area that's polluted, right? If you're poor, you're much more likely to be living in a neighborhood next to a distillery or a chemical factory or something like that because rich people don't live in those places. They know it's toxic, and therefore much more in need of the health care that you don't also have. Right, exactly. So so when we say poverty is the number one killer, what we really mean is that it, you know, strongly encourages the things that kill most people. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, right? Like, I mean, the rich people would insulate themselves from that because they can. Right. So let's see, what was the numbers? I think they said, I think this is a 2011 thing, and it was 245,000 deaths in the United States. Oh, no, they've used wow. the year 2000 as their, as their uh, so this is a long time ago, but still, they, I don't think they've done a more too many more recent studies. I couldn't find anything really recent. But it's a lot of people that die. Now, COVID killed more people like than that. It's like 10% so. of the population No. Well, I mean, one, I was one percent, something in, like that. Yeah, it would be well one tenth of a percent, right? So it'd be at one thousandth, two hundred forty-five million versus two hundred forty-five thousand. Um, any case, one of the things I was going to throw in there is that COVID killed close to a million people, right? So, well, I think it's more than that now because we we're losing. I think what is it, uh, five hundred a day or something to COVID right now? It's I know it's in the uh, hundred thousand or two hundred thousand a year range right now to COVID. But either way, um, if you throw COVID in there and consider that more disadvantaged and, and you know racial minority people die of COVID than regular people also, that would probably lean towards poverty also. So there's just so many things that uh, being poor is, is still like, as far as your life expectancy goes, being poor is definitely the number one hit, which is interesting. Um a lot of people don't think of it that way. They think, oh, you smoke, you drink, you whatever. Well, yeah, but yeah, you can, you know, if you're George Burns, you can smoke and drink and live to be 100. So really what you're trying to say is much more important than diet and exercise is get a fucking job. Well, there's to get a job. <laughs> Brian, I know you're kidding, but there's also the uh, be a, a ruthless capitalist asshole. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. Which is which goes back to my firm belief that there is no God. Because but, if, if the number one thing you can do to improve not only your quality of life, but your duration of life is to be a ruthless capitalist asshole, then there is no God. But, but also the ruthless cap, capitalist assholes don't start from there, right? That's the rigged game and monopoly we keep talking about all the time. There's almost nobody that went from like rags literally to riches like even bill gates not so much anymore family was well off enough that he could go to college or whatever right there was at you one time saying? though i mean there was at one time it was you know if you were willing to pay your workers a pittance or hire you know illegal uh, immigrants since you didn't have to pay at all you put in a sweatshop you know i mean there was there were ways to get rich yeah, I, uh, and I mean, you know, I get that where, that where there's a will, there's a way, but it's no. I'm talking about before, be, I'm talking about more like in like the 1900s. A lot of the wealth, I, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the wealth in this country was was built on slave labor. You know, exactly. You're right. Nowadays, it's harder to get ahead because you need capital to get ahead, and you may not have access to capital unless your daddy's rich, right? Um, well, and if you're in that poverty class that we're talking about, you don't. That's that's my point. I did want to point out, though. The, so you can take capitalist asshole out of their list of ways to get out of their situation. There's just none. I just, I just wanted to part of throw it. in there that uh, it just happens to be that ruthless capitalist asshole is RCA. Okay. Did you ever know that RCA stood for ruthless capitalist assholes? I didn't. The record company you're yes. talking about? I, I mean, oh, I thought okay. it was something else. I, I never really questioned it, but now we know. I thought it was Record Company of America or something. See, that's what you'd have thought, but then we find out, no. 
It's actually no. ruthless capitalist assholes. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I just got into, you know. Um, so, so one more trend I want to talk about this ruthless capitalist assholes is uh, not really exactly, but, um, but, you know, we've had this trend happening in this country. And I think we talked about this a week or two ago about how cars are getting bigger and heavier and more pedestrians and bicyclists are getting killed and, and, you know, the vehicle is sort of safer for the driver, but not safer for the general population outside the vehicle. Right. I think safer we, for the driver, not safer for who the driver hits. Yeah, or safer in general. We're having more highway deaths now. For a long time, highway deaths were falling off because vehicles were getting safer and safer, and most people that got killed you know, were killed in the vehicle, in the car wreck, and, and this vehicle's got safer. I don't mean heavier, just safer. It's better seatbelts, airbags, you know, whatever. Crumple zones, the whole nine yards make vehicles, you know, more crash resistant. Plus, maybe vehicles were better handling, you know, whatever. Anything that makes driving safer. We were doing a good job with that. But that turned around. That trend changed when people started buying SUVs. Um, and it's it's been working its way back up. So instead of having, you know, 30,000 highway deaths a year, we're back up to like 45,000 a year or something. I don't remember the exact numbers, but we're definitely on the incline. And this article I read in The Atlantic was talking about how electric vehicles, you know, which are sort of a, you know, the potential to like reset everything, right? To say, look, we're going to come up with a new family of vehicles. We're going to have these battery operated vehicles and it's going to be a whole different world. No, no, right. we're going the same fucking route. They're coming out with electric SUVs and electric pickups, and and one of the, there's there's actually several downsides to this. Um, the the one downside that is leaning towards what we were just talking about is the safety factor. They're actually heavier vehicles because the batteries make them heavier. Um, so now an SUV is is you know is not only every year do they make them taller and bigger, they're even heavier than the heaviest ones before. And uh, you have better acceleration. So you have a vehicle that can accelerate faster and is more dangerous, um, which makes it doubly more dangerous. And then the other, the other thing that they, this guy pointed out, which is kind of interesting, is I don't know if I've talked about in this podcast, but one of the sad things about our electric vehicles now is we're building them with lithium-ion batteries that are very uh, environmentally unsound. Um the electric vehicle only has, I think, about a 10% edge over a gas vehicle in terms of its actual carbon emissions over the life of the vehicle because of the fact that... Wow. It, yeah, I know. it's cra- But with the bigger, larger, heavier SUV version, they said... You don't even get that. They said it, that would be a higher carbon footprint than, say, a small, uh, fuel-efficient gas-powered sedan. You know, so you know, just a medium-sized four-door, not not necessarily. We can figure out a way to fuck up any good idea that there is. Yeah, and then here's the other kick. (laughs) Since the batteries are one of the biggest concerns environmentally, they said the amount of batteries that these heavy vehicles need to keep to keep to have the range that a smaller vehicle would have is enough that you could make three smart cars with the same the same batteries as you're making one SUV, right? So mm-hmm. so if we're going to electrify our whole fleet, which, by the way, is not going to happen with lithium-ion batteries, I, can, I will make another prediction right here. We are not going to electrify all of our vehicles using lithium-ion battery technology. There's not, it's not even a question whether there's enough lithium-ion battery, enough lithium-ion in the world. It's that mining it and refining it is such an expensive process that we will just wipe out the fucking planet making enough batteries for all the cars we have on the road, right? But, mm-hmm. but this makes it even worse because now you need three times the battery per vehicle because these vehicles are so huge and heavy. I mean, we're just and, fucking... And they're getting more popular, so we're going to yeah. run into that, uh, run off that cliff really quick. Yeah, it's it's just so... We're just so stupid. And, and this is capitalism, okay? There is absolutely no reason why a car manufacturer couldn't have said, yes, we're switching to EVs, and oh, by the way, we're going to be smart about it. We're not just going to give the consumer... A stupid vehicle, right? A, a, you know, an ener- a less energy efficient. Uh, I mean, it consumes more energy to begin with, right? Like just 
even if you take the batteries out of the equation and just say, well, the batteries are free, but we still have to charge this vehicle, we're still using more energy, right? It's like, okay, we got to produce the electricity somewhere. Um, and anyway, if, if the car companies had just said, we're going to do this right, you know, we're going to give people EVs, but we're going to make people come down off this cliff that we have climbed up onto. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but every year the pickups and the SUVs get taller and heavier. If you look at pickups, especially, man, I, I wasn't aware of that particularly, but they, I, I think for a while they were at least getting smaller and lighter, right? These little from crossover, like, crossover vehicles from, from like yeah. the eighties, you know, like the seventies and eighties when everything was gigantic and super heavy, they've, there, Over the there decades, are, gotten lighter and smaller, but now they're reversing that trend is what you're saying, but they're probably not as bad still. Well, right? I think we're talking about two classes of vehicles, though, because they've come out with the, I call them crossovers. They're like the, oh, it's a good example. Oh, uh, I know. We have one, a Hyundai Tucson. Yeah, where and they've the got the hatchback. They're kind of, a, they're kind exactly. of like a, a, a tall station wagon, right? They're not really. Right, a, exactly. We had a Ford Escape. That was one. And then we traded that in and got a Hyundai Tucson. Yeah. So we are we are part of the problem. Well, no, I don't know that the crossovers are I guess it depends on whether it's a four wheel drive, whether it's jacked up high, all that stuff, but I'm thinking more of the, the bigger ones because the that class of vehicle, this really large, heavy vehicle. Yeah, you're is, thinking of the fancy of ones, tone. like the, the Palisade. The Escalade and the, and the, the, yeah, Esca- and the yeah, exactly. And the, what's the Chevy one? There's a Chevy well, it might be a Chevy um, um, no, Ford makes it. No, wait, who makes it? I know what you're talking about. There's a Tahoe, and then there's a bigger one, Suburban. Yeah, the Suburban. Suburban. Yeah, the Suburbans are huge. Yeah. Um, those are the ones I'm talking about. They weigh like 8,000 pounds. They're insanely huge, yeah. heavy vehicles. And, and, yeah. um, and, and you know, they've got to have big motors to accelerate that thing. And now when they go to the electric one, they've got these, you know, super Yeah, that's cars. just depressing, actually. It is. Because I thought electric vehicles were a good thing. And now... We're going to do them You've wrong. stolen that hope from me, too. Well, I mean, it was kind of, Thanks. I hate to say this, but, but we yeah. are so deep into this right now in terms of the damage we've already done to our planet. Almost anything we do is not going to be enough and is probably going to contribute to the problem. I hate but to I'll, say that, but. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, we, and we've talked about this before, but I blame fucking scientists because... We shouldn't even need cars. Why can't we teleport yet? We could just get everybody off of fuel vehicles right now if you could just figure out how to instance I mean, they do it in Star Trek. Uh, and that's okay. been on since the 60s, by the way. Yeah, so, like, but you understand how that process works in Star Trek, right? It's It scrambles your molecules and, and sends you over an energy beam or something and it re- recreates you on the other side. In theory... It's not even doing it with your uh, your atoms. It's doing it with atoms it has on the other side. So it's not even you anymore. It's just a facsimile of you. But regardless it's, of the process, like no, it's not have, regardless of the process. It they, would never. They didn't have to. They didn't have to dream that up, right? It was already done for them. It's like here's how the. It's not true. To be. It wasn't already done. It's like okay, think of this is a fax. Think of sending a fax. You still have the original document. So I fax you somewhere. I can fax you somewhere else, and there's now two of you. A three Ooh, of you, actually. That would be <clears throat> slick. Yeah, well, it would be a fucking catastrophe if it could be done. It well, yeah, because then you'd have billions upon billions upon billions. of Overnight, yeah. you go from having 9 billion people to, to We would be cockroaches. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, the whole thing is stupid. But, but in any case, don't go too far off the deep end on this. We didn't need to do all, hardly any of this stuff if... If people, I mean, what happened in 2020 when we had the pandemic is our our uh, emissions went way the fuck down because people weren't driving to the store every day. You know, people weren't flying all over the world for vacation. Um, if we just got our shit together and realized that what we are doing is literally destroying the planet that we need to survive and we have to take drastic measures, not unlike COVID, to put a stop to this. If we realize that, we wouldn't need to build new cars. We wouldn't need that, to redesign that never, everything. 
that will never happen. There is no way that you could get. Which is why pa- we're going to die. <laughs> I'm not well, kidding so- because because you're talking about to reducing economic growth goes negative, right? People stop buying shit. People stop spending money. That's negative economic growth. Immediately, all the the capitalists in the world freak out. Not all that. You got to get people to sacrifice. You got to get people to not do all the shit they want to do. Obviously, I don't not gonna happen. I, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, but this is the fucking problem. It is not anything technological. It's human nature. It's people are gonna fucking consume until they can't consume anymore, and we will have consumed our entire planet, and we will all die as a species, as possibly everything on the planet. And it's just, no matter what technological breakthrough you come up with, all you're going to do is buy time and allow people to consume more. It's not going to change a goddamn thing because we as a species are destined to consume ourselves to death. (laughs) Is that on the list? I don't know if it is. Consumption? It should be. Hold on. Let me get a pen. There it is. Okay. I had a great idea where consumed to death. Well, hold on though, because I have a, a a thought about that though. Okay, right. I don't disagree with you, but I think there's one cause for hope, and and I think the problem is slightly misstated. Like I think that you said, like basically, is the problem is us, right? Is human nature, but I think that there's a possibility that the problem could be that we do not design solutions that feed into human nature, right? In other words, people are going to do what benefits them almost at all costs. The rich get rich, of course, and they keep the poor people down because they benefit and fuck everybody else. And people want convenience and they want protection and they want freedom and they want whatever and whatever and whatever if we approached it from an angle that you know saw outside of that at a human race so even just to get to that level would be astronomical but if we designed processes that worked with our reality and that's why like i said scientists because they could have done that shit if we had been focusing on that stuff, but we weren't. But why would we not, focus on something that wasn't, uh, that was against our own nature? I'm just saying what we've done is totally predictable. And what we're going to do is totally predictable because it's what, it's who we are. It's what we are. I don't think, I mean, yeah, sure. If we had an AI in charge, which I've said many times before, making decisions for us instead of a bunch of politicians that were basically, you know, uh, well, and so we could hope that the AI works for a little while at least. Maybe we should give it a try. Yeah. See if the AI, see if we can be worthy to the AI. Well, I will say this. I was just <laughs> listening to a show today where they were talking about how much biomass humans are versus everything else and the fact that we're we're now like 80%, 86% of the biomass on the planet were Say 10,000 years ago, we were like 1% of the biomass on the planet. Wow, and we are 80%? 86, I think. Um, wow. We are consuming every available resource. We were, The fish we eat are disappearing. The insects, I don't know, this, the person talking was talking about this, and I remember this. She said she used to drive cross-country, and she'd have to stop every so often, almost more often than she had to stop for gas. She had to stop to clean her windshield. Yeah. Now she said she can drive across the entire country without having to stop to clean her windshield at all. She's talking about bugs. Do you remember when you used to collect insects on your windshield and on your radiator? If mm-hmm. you drove, if you drove oh, yeah. at night, yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. I hadn't even thought about it, but I haven't even noticed a buildup of insects on my car yeah. from driving. Yeah, at night. I haven't thought about it either. Yeah, well, this is because we have wiped out insect populations and and all these things. I mean, this is the bottom of the food chain, buddy. There's there's fewer birds, there's fewer insects, there's fewer large mammals. You know, you don't see as many bears as elk, whatever, anything. All that stuff's gone. The fish are gone. I mean, we have wiped out so much of our planet, and then and then now we're gonna somehow fix this without cutting back on our consumption. 
It's not fucking possible. I did have an idea while I was brushing my teeth this morning. I was thinking, you know, if we just implemented a plan where everyone who was born on an odd day or an even day, whichever you want to pick, has to eat someone who was born on an odd day, <laughs> um, then we, we would have cannibalize ourselves. half the population. Yeah. yeah, and don't eat them all at once. I mean, you know, put them in the freezer. I'm saying, can't we figure out a way to consume things that would put back resources by our consumption of the thing? You're, you're defying physics. So the, the, here's the problem. Well, then let's defy physics. God no, damn no. Scientists, here's, where here's, are you? Here's the undefiable fact right here. Let me just throw this out there. The amount of sun, the amount of solar energy our planet collects is the same as it was, you know, give or take, you know, a million years ago. This does not fucking change. We have X amount of energy coming in, period. Now, we dug up fossil fuels and burned energy that had come in from millions of years ago, so we've added to that energy, but that's a limited resource. We can't keep doing that. We have X amount of energy, period. There's no expanding that. You're not going to turn the sun up, and if you did, we'd fry, right? We have a budget, and we have to live on that budget. Physics doesn't allow you to make up something that doesn't exist, period. Get fucking over it. There's not going to be energy that doesn't exist. We can't create energy out of nothing. Everything comes from the sun. That's the only totally. reason we have an entropy to death. You know, people talk about, oh, you know, if, if the second law of thermodynamics was true, we'd have all just turned into mush by now. No, because the sun's energy allows cells to organize and allows life to exist. When the sun stops, we all die. If we use more than the sun gives us, we consume the planet. Is that fucking simple? I'm just saying if... No, you're saying there's a solution to a problem that doesn't have a solution. The only fucking solution is to learn to live within your means. It's like saying, I can spend more money than I make if only I add some zeros to my checking account. You can't do that. First of all, I didn't say it was a solution. I said it was a speck of hope. I was looking for a speck of hope. And secondly, if scientists understand all this, then they can figure out how to get around it. Scientists are not driving this. around somewhere. Scientists aren't driving this. Fucking. I know. I'm just being silly. Greedy capitalists are driving this. People who want to make money off of it's the same thing's happening with this green revolution. It's and it's and the SUVs and everything else is all comes back to the same thing. These companies just want to sell us what we want so they can make more money. They don't give a shit about the outcome. They don't care what the future holds. They only care about getting rich. That's all that matters. And all you have to do is look at the damn you know numbers, and you can see that there's a lot of people that are getting rich off the backs of people that are starving. And well, look, it, just one more thing. <laughs> Earlier, right, you said it's human nature, right? It's inevitable, okay? Yes, true. I said that, but, I mean, I I don't know that if you could get everybody on this planet to wake up at the same time, maybe you could change something, but I don't see that happening, so. Well, I don't see it either. So there, we're we're stuck with it. Correct. So what if the rich people, the capitalist assholes are like, well, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> they already are doing that. I, I mean, they're know, building their bunkers. They're trying to isolate themselves from the damage they know they've done. Right. They're not stupid. Well, I, I, what I meant was, if it was truly human nature, it would have happened with or without them individually. Oh right. yeah, I'm not, yeah. Well, someone collectively, it would, you know. So I mean, it's just like so drug dealers. Well you, you can't put <laughs> you can't put an end to drugs by killing a drug dealer because someone else steps into his place. As long as you've got a demand for drugs, someone's going to sell them. Exactly. And so somebody's going to say, "I may as well be the next drug dealer because if not me, somebody else is going to." 
I still think, right. though, that there was more responsible capitalism at one time. I don't think that it has been like this since the beginning of time. I think there was a time when government oh, regulation I and totally people's agree. sense of social responsibility led them to do more the right thing. Now, it's purely a numbers game. It's purely an investment banker's game. It's and and I'm not saying that this is necessarily the reason why we're going down this road. It's just it's just adding another you know log on the fire is all. We're just burning the fucking planet faster because there's so many idiots who are getting rich and they just can't. They're addicted to their wealth. They just they can't say you know what I've earned enough. Let me help a few people out and maybe encourage people to do the right thing. No, that's not happening. I mean this this other thing I have in my notes about flipper. Um, is a classic example of something that was developed uh, that should never have been developed. It's a it's a tool that that does uh, it's a little RF tool that creates radio frequency signals and it can read you know it's got a little antenna on it right so it can read other radio so you can record like the output from someone's garage door opener and then reproduce it. You can record the RFID of someone's you know near field phone transmissions or their you name it anything that's done wirelessly. This thing can mimic it, so you can uh, you can basically clone somebody's you know phone to steal their uh, their Apple Pay, or steal their Wi-Fi, or open their garage, or start their car. You know anything wireless is just this this tool that you can now buy for you know I don't know hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks. You can basically really? use to hack virtually Jeez. anything, and it's and it's not like this is. This is rocket science. I mean, everybody knows we could do this, but somebody says, you know what? I'm going to make money by making something and selling it to people to make it easier for them. This is That's where capitalism, to me, becomes irresponsible. It's like, okay, I can get rich selling this widget that should never have been made, but somebody's going to make it anyway, so I might as well be the guy who gets rich off of it. Um, and and I agree that someone's going to make it, especially and, some and anger. and also own the company that provides the solution to that problem. Well, I don't know if there is one other than using good old fashioned hardware instead of wireless technology. But I just they'll, they'll make one up. Phone lock. I just look at this as okay. I mean, hackers had to make their own tool, right? So that limited the number of people who would do this. It's not that it's undoable. Not making something doesn't stop people from doing this. But it was a lot more difficult. You just made it easier, and right. you're and and you're going to get rich off of it. And you're it, the the way you put a stop to this is you have regulation. You have government regulation that says you can't make a pick for that lock. You know, it's it's uh, you know we we rely on locks to keep things kind of safe, and we need to tell people you're not allowed to pick this lock. And if you're going to sell a lock pick to somebody, it can only be to people who are professionals, you know, who are licensed and certified and, you know, vetted to regulate Yeah. Right. I get you just, but we don't regulate anything. So, you know, and, and, and we don't regulate, I mean, fuck if it was up to me, which obviously it's not. And everybody's happy that it's not, you know, you would, you would either pay a carbon tax for the amount of gas you bought or whatever, or you would literally be rash. Actually, I'd rather see rationing. I'd rather see every individual be given sort of a, this is what we can afford to give you and keep the planet alive. So this is what you get. You use it any way you want, but this is how much you get. This is how much gas you can burn in a year. And it doesn't matter how fucking rich you are, which, by the way, would never happen because rich people would always find a way around it. But, you know, because all rich people would do would be like they go to poor people and say, look, I'll buy your ration from you. And the poor person would be like, well, I guess I'd rather sell my fuel ration than not be able to eat. So. You know, I, I mean, it never works. Nothing fucking works because we have this yeah. stupid system where rich people always rise above any regulations you really put in place. And I, anyway, obviously, I'm in a very optimistic mood tonight. Yes, I can tell. And this I'm, is this is. I thought the days were getting longer and things were happier and brighter. And they are. Yay! We're getting more sun where I live now. See, this is the thing, though, is you realize that I'm getting more sun, but Australia is getting less. It's a zero sum game. And so now you're depressed because Australia's days are getting shorter. No, I'm just saying it's a zero sum game. I might be getting happier, but someone else is getting sadder. So it's all it all works well, out in the end. That's um, true. Yeah. So one last thing, we don't have time for it, but I think next week we're going to talk about <laughs> microplastics. 
Because this is yet another thing to be, you know. That's on our list, actually. Um, it's on my notes today, yeah. Bioaccumulation of plastic is on the extinction pool. It's a good so, thing because it's worse than I thought. Oh, that is a perfect way to promote next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come back next week to hear about how bad. Life is hard, and it's worse than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Look. I'm not making this stuff up. Anybody who I wants know. to research any of this can. And uh, and if we don't and wake should. up, you know, and that means every single person needs to take. I, but I, that's I, why it's impossible. That's why I said you got to figure out a solution that does not count. On no, everybody. it is you not. Know. It is not on me or any scientist or whatever to fix the fucking problem. The, the, First of all, I never greedy, said it was on you. No, but you ever. said you said you have to. No, I wasn't saying that you meant me, but I'm saying you can't go. You know, someone has to come up with a solution to this because I'm not going to change my lifestyle. That's fucking bullshit. Everybody needs to change their lifestyle, and if they're not going to do it, then they need to accept the consequences and live with the fact that their children are going to starve to death. If that's what you want. Fine. Do what the fuck you want to do. Enjoy your life any way you want to and let your children or your grandchildren starve. Honestly, I don't have kids. I'm doing everything I can. My electric bill last month was $22 in a in a cold winter month because I am doing my fucking best to use solar, renewable energy and to not drive everywhere, to not fly to fucking Spain for my weekend, you know, expedition. And if people can't learn to live within their either, means, just so we're clear. Sorry, <laughs> I, said, I didn't do that either. Just so we're well, like, no, but I mean, this is I, not if you, people with money, people who make a lot of money, you know, this is their lifestyle. They just like you know they they do their you know week long vacation in Europe or whatever. We have to stop doing that stuff. And it was like, well, I can't stop taking my European vacation or going to the Cayman Islands for, you know, whatever. Yes, you can stop. You just don't want to. And and like I said, this is the, these are the consequences. But but like you pointed out though, COVID shut that shit down. Yeah. Right? So so I I'm saying that I think we have a better shot at having some it may not be COVID, but uh, you know, like agreement or uh crisis, like gas shortage or something, to shut that shit down more than everybody stops doing it one at a time. You know what I'm saying? Well, I agree that no one's. I mean, here's here's one of the problems, and, and we're really running over on time here. But here's one of the problems with conservation: is let's just use gasoline for an example. So let's say half the population decides I'm going to buy a fuel-efficient vehicle and I'm going to control my number of trips to the store, so I cut my gasoline consumption in half. Well, that means the price of gas goes down. So the other half of the people who don't give a shit go, oh, gas is cheap. I'm going to drive more. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we have to have government regulation. We have to have some sort of controls, which is why I said I would love to just see, you know, you get a ration and yes, it wouldn't necessarily work across the board, but it would probably work for most people. Where like, look, if you buy an SUV, it means you can drive 1,000 miles. You buy a fuel-efficient vehicle, you can drive 3,000 miles. Decide which one you want. You know, it's that simple. But anyway, it's never going to happen, so, you know, there's no point in me going on and on about well, it. Well, I mean, if if we survived long enough, it could happen when we literally run out of gas. Well, right. Like unfortunately, when we're not gone. gonna we're not gonna run out of fuel before we <laughs> destroy the planet. That's all I'm saying. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. There's enough. There's enough gas in the ground. There's enough oil to be pumped. There's enough, you know, coal and tar sands and whatever to destroy our our uh, environment over and over again. We don't have a problem with that. Just like you know, just like we have enough nuclear weapons to wipe the planet out five or six times. It just we have the capability of destroying our planet. We have to decide now if we want to do that. Oh, I was going to say, we have to decide now which way we want to do that. Well, it's probably what it's going to come down to. <laughs> I mean... Well, it it's going to make a difference on who has what in the extinction pool, right? Like, that's how they're going to decide. The power brokers that are betting on the AI takeover, right, are going to be pushing that one. And... 
I well, I'm banking on an AI takeover. I'm thinking that would be the one thing that would correct our behavior completely. I mean, let's face it: if the AI took over, all of a sudden, the amount of money you had, the amount of political uh, clout you had, wouldn't matter. The AI would be like, "Look, these are the rules," you know. Yeah, I. I'm gonna bet on something else because you said the number two killer was what? Stupidity. I don't think stupid. <laughs> I don't think stupidity gets us to AI. Uh, well, the AI's coming, man. I mean, we've already got. We've already got. I know. Uh, you I know, get it. The, the, I'm just saying in general. All it I takes think, is for the AIs to start making new AIs, and in three hours, the AIs will, will overrun our abilities completely. I'm saying stupidity does not build an AI. So. Um, but, but we have AI to build better AI. Now it's just a matter of when that happens. That's what I know I'm that, but I'm yeah. saying really smart people are making that shit happen. So I think we're going to die much dumber way. You know, well, I mean, the bottom line is we're going to die because we just simply don't have. The, now, I mean, there's there's always the possibility uh, and it goes along with what you're saying about like a pandemic or something where two thirds of the population could get wiped out. And the ones that are left would be devastated, but there would be a small enough population that we could continue on and not wipe out our planet. And and probably small enough that those big functions would cease for for a lot of it. You know what I mean? So like it wouldn't be viable anymore to have Right, we wouldn't yeah, we'd so many things would collapse. Our economy would collapse. I mean you you're talking if you wiped out two thirds of the world's population, you'd change everything. Uh, people would be starving. The third that was left would would be barely functional. Uh, but having said that, do you think they'd learn their lesson if that happened? Mm, no, but it would reset things to the point where we'd have time. We'd probably have time to to you just buy time. You know, whatever we do is buying time. I, I I think the nature of the human virus is such that it will populate to the point where it will destroy itself at some point. I mean, it's just a question of whether it just happens all in one linear cycle or if it takes, you know, little bumps and, you know, rises and falls and rises and falls until it finally gets there. But we don't have any choice because we will just, you know, as a species, we're just going to consume like any other species, except that we modify our world to suit us. Unlike other animals that just live within the world they have. Well, I mean, birds build nests. Yeah, but they don't build nests at the expense of every other animal on the planet. So, like, they understand, well, they intuitively understand that, you know, they are they rely on those insects for food. We say, yeah. oh, you know, these insects are in our way. They're affecting, you know, the, the lettuce we're growing, so we're going to kill them all. And we don't realize that that's all part of the same food chain. Um, Why don't we instinctively know that? We came out of that, didn't we? Yeah, I we, mean, why isn't some of that shit ingrained in us? In a way, I think it is. I mean, we we're never going to finish this podcast if I don't. But in a way, <laughs> I, I mean, if you look at some some indigenous populations, they lived within their means. They didn't build skyscrapers. You know, they didn't uh, you know dig fossil fuels out of the ground to enhance their you know their agricultural production. They lived within the means of what the sun provided every year. They grew food naturally, organically, you know, no chemicals, no pesticides, no fossil fuel, you know, additives. They just lived. And, you know, so at some point in our development, we were living within our means. But the the ones that didn't won the war because when you develop a machine gun, all those people who decided not to develop a machine gun lose that was the point of the movie you watched yeah kind of i guess that's exactly the point yeah well i mean this is the problem is that the colonists always win (laughs) well it's the 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 peaceful pacifists you know like and not even just pacifists just like somebody who's interested in getting along and being productive is always going to lose to the person to the who's predator. interested exactly in eliminating you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, you look at the various indigenous populations like the Aztecs and all these other people, the ones we didn't kill with disease, we killed with guns. 
and a lot of more peace-loving societies that didn't even think about developing advanced weapons because they had no need for them. So basically, really, we're the descendants of assholes. Of course we're assholes. Yeah. Our kids are going to be assholes. Their kids are going to be assholes. And we're all going to fucking die. Well, it's an arms race. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, it's. I mean, look at look at all the things. We, you know, the bigger, faster, heavier vehicles we use to protect ourselves over everybody else. The the bigger guns we buy to protect ourselves over all the, our neighbor who just bought a gun. We got to get a bigger gun, a faster gun, a you know, a gun that shoots more bullets. You know, it's just. And the, by the way, the courts just threw out the prohibition against bump stocks which are the things that let you turn your semi-automatic ar-15 into something that shoots like an automatic you know because because that's just too much restriction on gun owners that's right yeah because the right to bear arms doesn't say anything about accessories yeah well and at this point it's not anymore the right to bear arms it's the right to be in the arms race right it's it's it literally Mm -hmm. is an arms race it's there's no fucking way at one time people were perfectly content with a revolver you know, the police had revolvers. Everybody's had a, you know, because it hardly ever got used and it was no big deal. Now it's like, oh my gosh, if you have a revolver, you're going to be outgunned because the other guy's going to have a semi-automatic. Well, okay, now we can't have a semi-automatic anymore. You need a fully automatic. And then, well, the fully automatic isn't enough. We need a fully automatic that penetrates body armor because the other guy might be wearing a bulletproof vest. And I mean, it just goes up and up and up. I mean, there's no end. And as long as you're willing to, to ride that fucking train, well, you might as well get used to the fact that there's a big cliff, you know, where the tracks end and you're going over it. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the situation with all the stuff we've been talking about tonight with guns, with climate. With yeah. It's the, all of it. It's the world we've created. Capitalism. And it's, yeah. the, and it's the path we're on. And until we wake up and realize that we can't just keep doing this ad infinitum, then we're going to we're gonna go off that cliff. It's that goddamn simple. I don't see why anybody thinks that there's any rosy future. Right. Or, or we could realize it, but still nothing can be done because that's just the way we're built. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I, I mean, if we were a group of 10 people who could get together in a room and discuss a solution and all agree to it, we could probably solve this problem. But the fact that there's so many of us, and as soon as... You know, going back to what I was saying before, but some of us conserve. The other ones go, oh, look, there's more gas available. I'm going to burn more. You know, it's same thing with food, right? You know, if you make more food available, someone's going to eat it. So it's just like, yeah, you're just, you're just, I mean, I don't want to say there's no hope, but I don't see how you can do anything but brace for a collision. You know, if you're 50 or older, you're probably going to live out most of your life without too much, you know, total devastation. I'm not promising that because in the next 10 years, things could really go south. But if you're 20, I'm sorry. Your future is not so good. And on that note, we are way over time. <laughs> Life is hard. We've been on that note. But it could be worse. I know. For like Why do people listen to me? 45 minutes. It could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.